0: Shalom, I'm Yoni, and you're listening to Kabbalah Pod. Several weeks ago, I had the opportunity to join a Kollel in a Shabbaton event. I live in the uh, community of Portland, Oregon, so the Portland Kolal hosted a Shabbaton, and at the Shabbaton, they brought in a speaker from Israel, Eric to Israel. They brought in Rabbi Dov Cohen. He's from uh, Eish Torah, and he. I believe, is a Kabbalist, he's definitely a Hasidus, and the way he spoke and compared to things was very not inspiring, I don't want to say inspiring, it did inspire, but he doesn't like the word inspiring, because it means that, you know, it wasn't enough. It was transformative, and it was um, enlightening, I guess enlightening is a good word for that. He came, and he spoke, and he talked, and his talk, you know, I did a couple sessions, he uh, pretty much identified the purpose of life, the purpose of why we are here, is to be good, do good, and be holy. And we talked about that briefly during the counting of the Omer and the conclusion of Matan Torah. And we discussed how that it really is the purpose of life. Uh, Rabbi Dov Berchon is correct in that, in that we are to be good. Hashem created us and we are to be good. And What is the definition of good? The definition of good is unification of the sephiros, so we can rectify our sins and make things holy. And that is part of being good and doing good, because we can be something intrinsically in the essence of us, but it also has to be expressed to others, to life Of all sorts, which includes animals and trees, it means being environmentally friendly, being a good caretaker of your pets. I mean, there's even a halakha about how you must feed your pets before you can eat. So being good and doing good are both very clearly obvious here. And then there's the being holy, because it's all fine and dandy, but we need something more. We can be a good person and we can do good things. So can the agnostic. So can the idolater in some cases. So can the atheist. So what makes Judaism different? What makes the different? What makes serving Hashem versus serving ourselves different? It's being holy. Again, being good and doing good are both wonderful things. But we also have to be holy as a, as a Jewish people, even as Melchides. There's this command to be holy for God is holy. And how do we define holy? We look to Torah and see. Another component he shared is he talked about how he hates the term observant or, and religious and also hates the term from. When I moved into the community in 2017, I'd heard the phrase being from. And somebody would talk about how they had their secular life and then they went from. From means to be observant, right? Okay like observant as an orthodox observant, really a, a from person, you know, the way there's eat seats and they, they got their tefillin and their shop is observant and the kashus and, and they may even wear white and black, maybe even a special hat. Wow. Anyways, being from, well, that was the terminology I was aware of, and that is very accurate, but Rabbi Cohen makes a good point. He says he hates that word because that word does not, to him, accurately describe the purpose, which is true. I can look from. I do look from. I dress like an Orthodox Jew. I practice Orthodox Judaism. How I look is obvious. I have people stop me in the streets all the time. Looking from though, and being from, it means something a little bit more. And that's where the Kabbalistic component comes in. Because it's very easy to get bogged down with again referring to Rabbi the angry man in the sky. It's very easy to get bogged down with all these rituals and rules and traditions that we don't understand, and we just feel like we're imprisoned to them and that God's going to hate us if we don't do them. And that's really not who Hashem is. That's not who Sof is. And so what is it? What are, are we looking for? That we got it right there. Be good, do good, be holy. But it, again, it's more. So how do we express it? Rabbi Cohen says that he likes to be called consciously. And joyously observant of Torah and Halakha. What does that mean? Well, we've got four, five parts actually in there. Yeah, the word observance there. So observant, okay. So we got consciously. Well, we need to be present. We cannot be mindless drones going about plot, 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 and not really getting the point or being connected to Hashem. We're meant to be in relationship with Hashem. We're meant to meditate. We're meant to be conscious livers and thinkers and active participants. So we need to be consciously aware of our relationship with Hashem. There's one part. We also need to have joy. Hashem is good. Hashem is true. Hashem is love. And if we have an Hashem that's pure, good, and holy, should we not be joyous? Yes, we should. We're in relationship with the creator of the universe. So why are we walking around super sad and bummed out and mopey all the time? It's because we're forgetting to be joyous. We're forgetting. That's part of our call. That is part of what it means to be a nation of priests, is to be joyous. Do you think Aaron went into the Holy of Holies? Do you think he went in there and made sacrifices? Like, whoa, is me. This is just going to stain my shirt. No, he was joyous. He engaged it. He loved it. He pursued it. He connected. He was conscious of his actions, and he was joyous of his actions, and that was pure worship to Hashem. That was devotion, that was service, that was avoda Hashem. Okay? So, should we not be the same now, since we know that davening today, prayers today, the te- tefillah, that that is avoda lashan. that's the service of our lips? So yeah, there should be joy in the service of our lips. Yes, I get to daveningcha. Yes, I get to say tavenon. Yes, kabbalat shabbat. That's hard. It's not always easy. Sometimes we can be, it's very easy to, oh, yeah, I'll be consciousness, one thing. But um, Rabbi Breslov discusses, and he says, you know, sometimes people struggle with this consciousness, which is a Kabbalistic term, but sometimes people struggle with the consciousness. They can daven, and then they lose focus. And the point is, where you can't have focus, you do have focus, because that's what Hashem wants you focused on at that time. And you do the rest, even if you're not focused, knowing that Hashem watches over you and that that part is not as needed at that time. Trust and Hashem. Right? So, consciously and joyously observant. We can get aware of who we are. We are joyous of who we are. But we also have to be observant. We have to follow Hashem. We have to pursue Hashem. And how do we do that? Three parts there. Ready for the next two parts? We're observant of Torah, and we're observant of Halakha. Okay? Let's cover that. Torah. Torah, or Torah, has two basic components from an Orthodox perspective. And that's the perspective I share. Okay? We have two components. We have written Torah, and we have oral Torah. What is that? Well, written Torah is the Ten Commandments given at Har Sinai, and the complete combination of the written Torah, the five books of Moshe, that we have today in our Qumash, or Bible, if you use a uh, less firm term, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's that's Torah. That's written Torah. There's also oral Torah. And what is oral Torah? Rabbi Toby Singer discusses the necessity of oral Torah. So does Rabbi Lawrence Kellerman. Oral Torah is the Mishnah, okay? The Mishnah is then put into the Talmud, which is the Gemara, and Tosafot, another Ravonim, discussing it. Mishunim, Akronim, they're discussing it and trying to say, how does this apply today? Okay? Oral Torah was given orally to Moshe and and It was passed down generation to generation. Every, everybody had their own little notebook of notes and get passed along, but it was oral. That's what it was meant to be. It was to explain written Torah. And then there was a time when it needed to be codified so that it wasn't lost. And when we codified it, we lost some of that Kavana, and then when we got the Talmud, after Talmud was finished, we lost some kavana, and we lost. Where we are today, we've lost so much kavana compared to when we had Bais Dash and Oral Torah being purely oral. But the point is, at least we have the words. At least we have the understanding, and we have the rabbis discussing what it means and how it applies, and the commentary. Our scroll commentary does a good job saying, "Well, this is what it might mean for today, instead of you know, hundreds of years ago." So that's the Talmud. Okay, it's Oral Torah. We have to remember that. We have to take that into consideration. Some people may want to debate that, but it's very easy. Where in Torah does it tell you how to slaughter an animal? It tells you, you will kill it the way I've told you to. You will prepare the animal the way I've told you to. Oral Torah, Mishnah Talmud, that discusses in depth what that was. Because we are given written Torah, which is here's the basic concise summary, and then oral Torah, which expands on all of it and discusses the intricate details of all of it. So, that's the Torah component that we need to be aware of. And then we also have halakha. Okay? So we are consciously and joyously observant of Torah, but we also need halakha. And what is halakha? Halakha is Jewish law. Yes, most of it is, you know, in Torah. It's deoraisa. It is a Torah, either prohibition or enactment, right? But then we also have the Rabbanan, which is um, a little bit more. We have 613 Torah laws according to the Rambam. We have thousands of rabbinic laws. These are fences. These are important. We're told, no chaseh bakalav, no mixing meat and milk. Okay? Well, then we're told, oh, well... We need to keep a separation at the table. We need to keep a separation in time. There's a spiritual component here. Maybe it's a chokh, so it's a, it's a rule we're given for the sake of the rule. We can assign all sorts of meaning we want to it, but really, the rule exists because the rule exists. So, whatever spiritual Kabbalistic insight we may want to pursue upon that between well, life and death is just cruelty to each other and so on and so forth, the fact is we're told, no chaser keep the meat and milk separate. Okay, got it. Oral Torah goes into all the details, right? But then there's rabbinic fences, okay? Well, this type of thing requires this. This type of thing requires that. So we have what may have been the Torah regulation, but then because we've lost some Kavana and we're not as holy and righteous as we used to be, I mean, the Diaspora is a great example. I live in the Diaspora. The Diaspora is a great example of how we've lost some of that connection. So because of this loss, because of this degree of separation we have, we need these rabbinic fences to make sure that we never actually violate Torah law. We may accidentally violate a rabbinic enactment or prohibition. But the point is to make sure that there's a fence to block us from breaking Torah itself. Because that's a serious offense. Okay, so that's important as well. Halakha, both the Risa and the Rabbanon, is essential. It's essential not only to be in orthodox Jew, but it's essential to be holy, for God is holy. It's essential to be consciously and joyously observant. It is essential. There's really no way around it. There There may be rules that people don't like, but the fact is, these exist for a reason. If you actually sit down and study these laws and say, why did this come to come? Why is it now? What's going on here? And you'll say, oh, you know what? Today may be a little modern in some sense. We may not need it to be exactly like this, but really, there's nothing wrong with following this fence. And in most cases, you'd be like, ugh, you know what, this still applies to take. totally. We have rules about idolaters. Idolaters exist today. Many Rabanim will say no, and I'll say yes, okay? But the fact is, that's why we still have ruling regarding meh, wine, or not, okay? That's just how it is. So, you got to consider that. Yeah, take it into consideration and and look at, hey, Halakha applies. And, sorry about the word I mispronounced. Other going back, okay. Consciously and joyously observant of Torah and Halakha. This really is a great definition. We're to be mindful and practice mindfulness and connect to Hashem at every moment. We're to be joyous of our connection to Hashem, knowing that God loves us and provides for us and cares for us. He just wants the best for us. We're to be observant of Torah and Halakha where we're observant of his laws and the guidance of the Rabbonim because it's really what's best for us. Avera, not so good, right? Depending on who you can talk to Avera means you got to do repentance or Avera may mean eh, you, you missed the mark here you didn't really connect to Hashem and you, and you hurt yourself in a way. Either way, not so good. That's where Torah and Halakha comes in. So consciously and joyously observant of Torah and halacha. It's a long, complicated phrase, so C-J-O is what some people say, but then they forget that, you know, maybe there's a frumer word, so to say, and that would be a C-J-O-T-H or C-J-O-F. So, I will still call myself frum, because it's shorter and easier, but I know in my heart, when I say frum, I really mean consciously and joyously observant of Torah and halakha. And when I have the opportunity to talk to somebody about it, like I am right now with you listening, I'll share and clarify what that means, how it means, and why it is so necessary. Again, we discussed, Kabbalah is necessary. It's the received tradition. It's receiving a relationship with Hashem. It's living that relationship with Hashem. And this just helps us take it another step further. So... With that in mind, I leave you with that thoughts, and um, I wish you a Shavuot. Have a question or topic idea? We'd love your input and ideas. Send us a tweet, message Yidbrek on Facebook, or leave us a voicemail in the Anchor app. Not on social media? That's okay. Send us your ideas at slash Kabbalah. Be a monthly supporter on Anchor FM or by visiting yidbrick.com/donate. You can also show your support by purchasing my custom-made Kabbalah bracelets or Yiddish artisan beard balm at yidbrick.com/store. This podcast is a project of Yidbrick, building Jewish bridges. Learn more at yidbrick.com/kabbalah.